0: Welcome to the Religious Studies Project. I'm Brianne Fallon, and he's
1: David McConaughey. And he is... And I'm
2: David Robertson. Um, three of us this week. Uh, that's a, another, another um, three-continent uh, presentation, which is always fun to try and schedule. What have we got this week, Brie?
0: We have a, I suppose you'd call it, would you call it a round table? from the BASR conference with a wonderful array of people, including yourself, David. Um, Who did you share that table with?
2: Um, uh, Well, lots of RSP regulars and um, and, and people from... uh, BASR, who are, you know, friends of mine and colleagues for many years. We've got Suzanne Owen, Don Llewellyn, Bettina Schmidt, the president of the BASR at present, Jonathan Tuckett, Alad Thomas, Tim Hutchings, uh, Stephen Brooks, and my colleague Chris Cotter. And this was actually recorded by uh, Theo Wildcroft and Viviana Simos, who... Um, were bursary recipients from the BASR and we asked them to come up with a podcast for us Um, and they decided to ask the delegates a series of different questions. Um, They started off with the conference theme but they asked people to sort of reflect on the field given that the RSP has been on the air for like eight or nine years now. Um, and, you know, what's changed over that time? And they quickly got to talking about um, uh, ideas about, you know, major trends in the discipline and uh, particularly um, the research excellent framework, um, the REF 2021, which is uh, dominating a lot of academics. At minds at present. So you're going to hear a lot of different voices, you're going to hear some different questions, um, but it should be an interesting snapshot of the field and of the conference at present. So let's pass over.
3: The whole story of this conference was quite interesting for me because I, we were in the School of Arts and Communications and me and Stefano Odarico would always kind of moan about how what we do is getting marginalised which is kind of cultural studies in some aspects or other and there's other colleagues who are broadly involved in this mm-hmm. it is all going towards other things um mm-hmm. different things depending you know for each of us but still away from what we think is interesting and important so we thought let's do something together to kind of say something to the institution mm-hmm. like here we are we are doing something truly collaborative and interdisciplinary, which is what you all say you want. And, um, and look at us, you know, here we are. Um, uh, it probably will make no difference at all. And, uh, and also, we've been moved out of that. Um, my group—it's not religious studies, you know, philosophy, ethics, and religion—have been now moved into the education um, area, and so we're even further apart than before. So I don't know if it's going to help our future, um, which is what we originally had hoped within the institution. But what inspired me in the end was actually here, I went to their session that was organized by them on interactive documentary filmmaking. And I was so inspired, like even while they're talking, I was writing ideas about how I could use this methodology both with students and in my own research. Um, And it just got started writing pages of notes and talking to um, those uh, other people that were in there in the room. Um, And we were all just getting so excited. Um, And I hadn't felt that in a long time in a conference. And it was just with my colleagues who, like, I see every day but not actually heard what they do, you know, at (laughs) length. Yeah, yeah. yeah. these are the conversations that are possible in yeah. this space and yeah. so it was a kind of a, a, a new methodology that I thought I could investigate and maybe employ you know, an interactive documentary filmmaking
2: um, I have just been agonising about sending a tweet suggesting that I could throw out my whole syllabus for my religion media course next semester and just show people all the cool websites and digital projects that we've been talking about in this course instead Um, and obviously I would never do that because that's irresponsible and I don't want to suggest with my online brand identity that I would do such a thing but we just had a fantastic presentation from Michael Dudek about his Temple of Artifice art project Um, um, suggesting that we can learn about how religion is constructed by constructing religion which I thought was a really interesting catchphrase and I, I would just like to sit a lot of students down and then watch that for about 10 minutes together and all go what just
4: happened?
2: Um, and then maybe just call it a day and get some coffee.
4: Um, religious studies looks at um, the place of religion in contemporary society, and as an anthropologist, my focus is in particular on 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 the the current world of state of religion all over the place. And technology and um, social media and internet also has space for religion. Therefore. In order to study religion in society today, we also have to look at uh, technical uh, forms, digital media, and digital representation of of religion. Therefore, it is interlinked. We cannot separate it.
2: Um, What's most inspired me um, would be, yeah, like this sort of thing that's going on right here, all the different um, interpretations of the word media. Um, We've had mediums, we've had um, media being interpreted, in terms of uh, podcasting, video, performance. We're going to have a performance About in this session.
5: I think that's probably the most inspiring thing, to a well broad here, but uh, useful orientation I around really that term is.
2: media. Never heard the idea of religion as medium before. That was interesting. In uh, Michael's presentation.
4: Mm.
2: I mean, I don't know what to make of it, but it's, at least it's something I've never
5: heard before, yeah, which doesn't happen that much.
4: Um, well, one of my research projects is yeah. spirit possession. And yeah. Spirit possession is also very um, visible in certain type of media, in film and, mm-hmm. and on TV and in social media. Voodoo, one of the, the religions I, I study, is so misunderstood and so often misrepresented in media that sometimes I can't watch a movie or I have to stop the watching TV because I'm getting so angry because of the misrepresentation of religion. And this is where I think we need much more research uh, to be done in, in this area.
6: There are lots of very interesting connections and I'm interested in the disconnections I think as well think we we do focus quite a lot on on the connections because it is an emerging thriving exciting uh, approach and i think sometimes it's helpful to think about the ways in which those things probably aren't connecting um but um, I, i think um i'm still really really interested when you see people using technology as an individual for to make points of connection i'm interested in that relationship between individual sense of identity or belief and practice or worldview, whichever term you prefer, and how we engage, manipulate, use technology for religious reasons to, to connect and I think that kind of comes from some of my work on reading practices. We think of reading as quite an individual uh, practice, we're, you know, we're in bed, we're in a bath, we're curled up on a sofa and actually we, we often read to find connections so I, I like mapping that I think and seeing how that, how, how, how technology can can generate or cultivate forms of connection in places and in ways we didn't really anticipate. And, then, and I kind of also like the way in which. <laughs> Again, I'm kind of thinking about reading. Is when I was doing my stuff on on reading practices, everyone was going. But no one's going to be reading books in five years. We're all going to be just reading digitally, and we're all just going to be working from um, uh, other forms of um, of word. It won't be the printed book with hard things. And then I'm just like sat here, and I'm I'm not taking notes on my laptop during this conference. i've got, I tried that. I've gone back to pen and pencil. And that, that massive shift with kind of as a reading practice didn't hasn't, hasn't happened or it hasn't sustained in the way. So I'm interested in when those connections kind of break and we revert back to technologies. Because they're all technologies, they're all embodied, material, touchy, feely stuff that we use to make sense of our religious rules.
5: Something I really like about this year's BSR conference is the emphasis on... Technology, but particularly in terms of examining cultures and the ways people interact through technology um something that I think um more scholars should look at if they are interested in doing so is the ways people use the internet to communicate and the communities that can emerge from the internet, and the ways people who would may not necessarily meet one another out in let's call it the real world. But are given a platform through which they are able to assemble communities, often fluid ones, and explore meaning.
3: I think um, I saw it through a lot of this through students' eyes. So, you know, um, I was program leader for religious studies, and the problem that we had here was that all of their options were in theology because I was the only religious studies person, and. They did not all of it. Some of them did, but not all of them wanted to so, deepen their theology studies. Yeah, so they w- wanted to do more, either religious studies or something like that. And so I saw the natural partnership with media, film, and culture because they did cultural studies, <laughs> media studies, and and the kind of analysis that I was doing with the druids. You know, with um, the media sort of discourses around druidry and indigeneity and and also the category of religion when the Druid Network became um, registered as a religion by charity law, charity commissioners. And the students also were interested in those topics when I'm teaching them, you know, looking at religion and media topics. Um, However, it was very difficult in the way that the programs are structured in this institution for us to do that, and so students could only do it by request ad hoc. And we wanted to do a joint degree, but it was during the time when they were trying to avoid any joint degrees because of issues of timetabling and various other things. And then also there is the issue, I think, um, about how we're all, who claims the student? You know, is the student media or is the student religious studies if we were to do a fully uh, joint degree? Mm -hmm. And this is a problem, you know, like with numbers because numbers are important now as the latest um, um, AGA report came out. And now we are going to um, review those numbers and find out what the real story is. Okay, so I saw it that way, but also in my own research, I was also using um, a lot of photography and, and things. And also I did a project with Newfoundland artists over um, indigenous representations. Um, And I thought it was an area that a lot of people were dipping into, but not really maybe thinking about it full on as an interdisciplinary area. I guess for me it's
7: more of a pedagogical thing, if I've said that word correctly, Uh, because I find the new technologies and stuff great for teaching with. I've had great success engaging with students, even though... Like I talked about a video game in one of my classes, and I used that video game to explain Marxism to them. Even though they'd never played the game itself, they understood the medium of the game and they engaged with it on a much better level. So I like I like that development. It shows vitality and life to the field that you can bring those two disparate fields. That it's not religious studies is not just you know a bunch of crusty old white men sitting in libraries reading. Texts from 2,000, 3,000 years ago and arguing over how you translate one particular word. Um, yeah, it, it shows new energy to the field, I think.
4: The study of religion in society is at the core of society. This is why I started with anthropology. I started with totally different questions, but I moved more and more into anthropology of religion. It was my, I really believe in my heart that we cannot understand a different culture, different people without understanding what they believe in or what they are not believing in. Mm -hmm. We have to understand uh, atheism, non-believers. We also have to understand people who are passionate Pentecostals or passionate Voodoo source. We have to understand what they really... Uh, what motivates them uh, to do certain actions, and therefore we have to understand what they believe. In. Mm. Mm. This is why I think study of religion is at the core of understanding society.
3: Um, I had traditionally come at it as a kind of cultural critic. That these are useful um, ways to sort of, um, I guess, to analyze the kinds of cultural sort of pr- discourses and representations and things like this that you can always sort of evaluate them and, and critique that because um, I did start off with my PhD with the discourse analysis kind of approach but I think since then I've been doing a lot more uh, doing things differently and in some cases sometimes it doesn't even look like religious studies some of the Newfoundland um, work like when I was doing the one with the artists I was thinking I'm not sure this is actually religious studies anymore Mm -hmm. you know I don't even mention the word religion once in that whole project but I'm talking about uh, the experience and interests of the artists and why they were representing indigenous this particular indigenous group Um, We get that a lot, don't we? Why and
6: what's the point of studying religious studies? I do not see the point of not studying religious studies. I tend to turn it back on people asking that question. Why not study religion? I really don't understand how you can think about contemporary society without trying to account for the role of religion in a way... It shapes all non-religion, religion and non-religion, the way it shapes, again, individuals, practices, beliefs, communities, values, politics, the world, the media, popular culture, all of those things. How can you kind of understand where you are unless you understand the way, the roles that religion has had in kind of getting to where we are in contemporary society? It baffles me that people don't think it's an important subject. and I I think as well it's such an interdisciplinary discipline so we've got scholars here who can comment on popular culture ancient texts contemporary rituals, new practices so it's such an interdisciplinary kind of vast array of approaches and questions that we bring that I just don't don't know it baffles me that people think
4: it, it isn't related to contemporary society quite frankly we have a very difficult year just now, but also ahead of us, <laughs> studies is under threat in particular at universities here in the UK due to um, the restructuring of funding, um, the the des- interests of the government to support humanities and unfortunately mm-hmm. religious studies is one of the targets. Um, to a certain degree I think it is a misunderstanding of politicians who put us in one part with theology and think we are all doing the same and there are so many theologians at the university, why do we need religious studies? They don't realise that we are two different disciplines. Yeah. And uh, therefore there is um, a threat um, of, of uh, reduction of funding, uh, sponsoring, also raising awareness of our discipline. Religion is also studied by historians, by people who study different languages, by philosophers, by by people in geography and in other disciplines. Um, and often there is a lack of understanding that we are also disciplined and but in order to study religion you have to learn something about our discipline
3: um, the name religious studies i have a problem with mm. um, and it's an awkward category no matter or word no matter how you try to phrase it and mm. put it mm. whether, and whether you call it the department of the study of religion or the program of study of religion how are students going to recognize it calling it religious studies you know is always um, Complicated because at schools, like in Catholic schools, they call what they're getting religious studies, and mm-hmm. it's all mainly Catholic um, tradition, mm-hmm. not even other Christianities. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is a big problem, and also because of the historical legacy of it and what they call it in the US and what mm-hmm. and those things. Science of religion, of course, it sounds just awkward in British ears, I think, mm-hmm. um, to call it that from the German tradition yeah. the pressure
6: on that comes from when students taking at GCSE to A level through to university level uptake like, what are we doing that's not selling religious studies as a, as a discipline I think that is a real challenge I don't want to say it's an inevitable decline I don't want to say it's a massive threat because to do that you can add fuel then to that, to that fire, you know, those kind of words get associated and we, we don't think about the positive ways in which um, capacity is building but I do worry about the hostile environment that, that is there at the moment from policy, legislation around the usefulness of RS or how we can quantify it in terms of employment statistics or graduates statistics. Um, That worries me immensely. I think organisations like the BASR, TRSUK, Sociology of Religion, we do need to kind of work together and galvanise a little bit uh, to raise the profile of theology and religious studies as as subjects that are inspiring and equip young people, equip all of us with uh, critical skills uh, and just an interest in the world. So I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the state of our discipline in terms yeah. of career progression for yeah. early yeah. career researchers, yeah. for postdocs well, I mean that's it kind of is wide, is more, wide, more widely than TRS. but I do worry about it in terms of gender and representation of of colour in our, in our discipline, I worry about that that's a structural issue and I think it's up to us to try and amplify those voices make space for those voices and to try and address it Are you feeling any concern about the
4: rec next year? <laughs> <laughs> You
0: don't have
7: to be? Because um, my my current contract finishes, I think, before the before the actual half
1: happens, so I believe I will be submitted if I am useful, but I don't have to be. Um, yeah, were I
6: in the
2: lucky position of having a permanent job, I probably wouldn't be worried about it at the moment. It doesn't
0: really the
4: Yes, <laughs> very much. I... Thought uh, 2014, that religion was quite well positioned. We uh, were nearly half of the panel members came <laughs> from <where> USR. <laughs> so our uh, subject was quite well represented, and people from other subjects were quite angry with us. <laughs> Uh, and managed to get people elected
3: after the deadline
4: because they made quite a fuss. Uh, This time, unfortunately, it went the other way. the, the currently though there is another member of the BSR at the, in the first stage of, of the ref, and, um, this person doesn't feel really representing BSR, I was the only one who again and again mentioned BSR and religious studies and we cannot um, that we are um, include so many different approaches that this has to acknowledge and it isn't uh, and so with REF the REF decision, the scoring of outputs, the scoring of environment statements, will be done by people
5: outside our discipline. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm hugely concerned about this. What, what, what does REF mean anyway? I'm reasonably concerned, not because I doubt the quality of scholarship happening in religious studies at the moment, because I know a lot of great stuff is happening, um, but I'm concerned about the REF in terms of the elitism that stems from it, um, sometimes how predictable it can be, which universities end up at the top and which ends up, end up at the bottom. Uh, more often than not, it relates to how much money each institution has. Um, I'm also concerned for the place of, uh, the study of religions in the, uh, in higher education in general. Um, I, I hope it's not the case, but, um, so, Some people say that religious studies may break down and people may filter into departments of sociology, anthropology and so on. I'd like to see the study of religions thrive. So in that sense, I am quite concerned.
6: Yeah, I worry about what TEF does to some of my colleagues and to some of us in some institutions. I worry about the ways in which it's being managed the pressures that are put under, uh, some colleagues have put under. I've had you know, colleagues kind of say that they've left a, 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 you know, a ref meeting with a line manager and they're feeling ripped apart and in tears, and that nothing short of full stop is kind of good research. Worry about that. Um, I'm very concerned about the metrics. I'm concerned about what the information's going to be used for, where it's going to go, how it's going to be manipulated. And, manipulated. and that's, I also kind of think we have peer-reviewed ways of being accountable for our work already in process. So, but I do think we do need to be accountable for, for the work that we do. So I'm, I'm kind of torn between that, really. Me, personally, I think I'm just really fortunate that uh, at Chester, it's been a very collegial process. We have worked together to work on a system in which we are assessing each other's work, but it's done in a supportive, kind of critical way, and there's collegial decisions being made about who's in and who's out. And I've been mentored to try uh, in the ways that I'm kind of prepared for ref. So I didn't publish my first book in time. for so the first ref I was in, I was told, well, hang on a second, you don't need to do that. And they wait till the 2nd uh, ref. So I, I, I worry about what it is doing to some people in some places. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to give it to... Too much kind of credit and time. There's so huge problems with it, but at the same time, is it the system we're in and how can we work best with it? What are the ways we can work best with it so that colleagues can be supportive to it and pulled apart and stressed?
7: Am I concerned about ref 2021? On so many levels. I don't even know where to start. Start from like the conceptual level of how ref goes about gathering its data to what it thinks is good data to what it thinks impact is to what it's then done to university systems who are effectively trying to game a system to the fact of brexit impacting that as well because i'm sitting here being like I've been trying to get a job for five years and my best chance now is Brexit goes ahead and a bunch of foreign academics get kicked out of the country by a xenophobic government. I mean, how dire is that situation?
4: One important issue is raising awareness for our discipline. Okay. When we go to other conferences, when we go to um, conference organized by other organizations or conference bringing in uh, people from different disciplines about a topic, uh, we need to make sure that people realize we are Speaking also for our discipline. Therefore, when when I go to, for instance, Caribbean Studies or Brazilian Studies um, Association conference and speak about my research, I make sure that I come from anthropology, but I speak now for religious studies. And so I show the methods and approaches we do instead of religion when I speak to people in Brazilian studies or in Caribbean studies. And I think this is what. We have to do, we have to raise awareness. We are not just a
3: topic, we are discipline. I mean, obviously one is interdisciplinarity. Like, who can we link up with? Because I linked up with an anthropologist and got funding from the British Academy to do the fieldwork with uh, the the project in Newfoundland with uh, Newfoundland artists. And I think, I don't know if I would have got that on my own, so it helped, like, you know, I had an anthropologist from Edinburgh, John Harris, who was able to do this with me. Um, and I think finding those kinds of partners in other institutions that may be a different field is attractive. So that would be on the research side. In institutions, it's really difficult now because um, we don't decide programs. Managers decide programs in some way. Um, and, it's, and it's a very difficult thing now to get a program off the ground or any kind of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so that means religious studies numbers can shrink out of existence. Standalone courses in religious studies, there are not that many. What We heard that maybe only four or something that might still exist, at least on the paper, according to AGA or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, there actually might be other courses that are coded differently that are religious studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my biggest fear is that the undergraduate numbers will shrink out of existence because of the way the inflexibility sometimes in institutions. Mm-hmm. And maybe even inflexibility on some academics part as well to mm-hmm. try to um, enshrine the subject area as it is or as they had it when they were undergrads. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for that really interesting uh, podcast experience at the BASR. It's so exciting to hear all the different voices talking about the way in which uh, the BASR works and how they are seeing the discipline. I'm hearing so many things uh, from the various participants about um, what the field is like that mirrors the experience here in uh, North America and in the United States. What's really striking is how the REF uh, 2021, and and maybe uh, David and Brianne, you'll feel this way, has really kind of taken over the narrative. And I wonder whether, um, given that just this past week for us here, uh, who have the American Academy of Religion as one of our major um, professional groups, they've released their religious literacy guidelines, um, where the AAR is arguing that uh, some critical understanding about the ways in which religion shapes and is shaped by human behavior um, should be part of general education for all undergraduates. And So we're really pleased that um, we have a forceful way of articulating the significance of our discipline. Uh, what, did, uh, what do you all think about um, how that conversation is going in your own um, geographical areas? Brianne, maybe?
0: Oh, man, I wish we had a document that said all undergraduates had to look at religion in some form because, I mean, obviously being biased, I think it's of great importance, but I think the larger issue actually in Australia is we're having, and we have been for the last couple of years, just been having a lot of arguments and discussion about whether it should be even taught in school. And so... I mean, the fact that you've got it coming in at potentially at a university level and we can't even decide whether religion can be taught in schools and whether it has to be taught confessionally or whether it can be taught from a secular academic perspective. And because it's state by state based, each state has their own choice, has their own decision around it. Um... There's no sort of universal understanding of what it does in terms of the understanding of sociology and the understanding of community. And so it's really just turning into this idea of religious freedom and religious expression rather than the idea of of studying it as a discipline. And I think we're actually really, in Australia, at least in my opinion, having the wrong discussion.
1: That must be really hard as someone who's both been in university and been now in a public outreach about religious themes for, for you to kind of have to engage with a conversation that says, we don't know that public education is the space for these discussions. Is is that Are you finding a, a yeah. lot of pushback?
0: Yeah, you've definitely hit the nail on the head because I just think that people just can't understand, at least our politicians, not people, our politicians can't understand that you can talk about religion and not convert people. Mm. And there's just this fundamental misunderstanding that it's about egalitarianism and understanding your fellow human. And, I mean, you look at what happened, you know, in Germany just, well, this morning really on Yom Kippur and you think, how far have we come? And that basic understanding of of our fellow people and their, what they believe and their cultures, only that base understanding is going to prevent those sorts of things in the future. And so having these arguments to me, I just, we're wasting time talking about the wrong things and we need to be talking about the fact that we need to learn from each other. And I know it sounds a bit, you know, utopian and maybe even a little bit preachy, But I think, you know, we all understand that there is so much diversity out there and so much interest and that we can learn from other people. And I just wish that we would not see it as an opportunity or a problem of conversion and rather see it as a celebration of diversity.
2: Without disagreeing per se with what you said, uh, there is definitely, though, a kind of concern that this AAR report is sort of almost reinforcing the idea that what we do is about religious dialogue and it's about all getting on nicely and being good citizens. Um, and I know that uh, Russell McCutcheon, for instance, um, immediately pointed out that this report is very much going back to this kind of world religions uh, paradigm and reinforcing the idea that what we do is we teach everybody the basic facts about the five or six uh, world religions and so that we can all understand why people wear veils and why they have different holidays and then we can all get on with and um, taking part in the uh, capitalist society together. Um, so th- there are there are problems with these kind of, um, you know, are we? Are does every student need to learn these kind of um, basic religious literary facts? Um, is is that what we do? I mean, it's what some of us do, but is it all we do?
5: Yeah, yeah
1: I, all we do. No, no, yeah, not all we do. I, I think R- Russell's critique is also forward facing in the sense that he's he's protecting the critical discourse of the discipline, and the document that he's criticizing with that critical discourse was designed for um not just religious studies departments but also for universities that lack religious studies departments and are trying to bring in greater religious literacy into all of their courses. And so they cite all of the other fields, including anthropology, biology, criminal justice, film, geology, humanities, journalism, literature. There's like 20 more things on the list for, for the, for the way in which religion could be brought into those things. And and so what I see Russell's critique is saying that you can't stop with this document right? If this document is the building block then the the problem critically with that building block is that it doesn't emphasize the critical reflection that our discipline when it focuses on religion does. But but when you start taking religion out of the religious studies discipline and and most universities in the US do not have religion departments or religious studies departments there's a real problem with uh, how they present religion, um, in many of those departments. And tr- so trying to give them even just a, a framework of guidance, um, is a, is a major step, even though I think a lot of us would prefer, uh, the ability to not have to fall into the pluralist or multiculturalist perspective that says, um, Dialogue is uh, is key. It's above everything else, and respectful dialogue is absolutely key. And then, when you start having that, then it becomes much more difficult to criticize or critique uh, religion. And and so, I think they're balancing those two kind of impulses there, right? To protect the boundary of the field, but also make the field accessible outside of those boundaries um, in productive ways. And and it's, it, it's really hard. It took them three years <laughs> really? to come up with this document. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so we can immediately criticize it, but, but then again, there's also 4,000 plus universities in the U S and we'd like every one of them to be dealing with religious literacy in some way. And you need a place to start and, and probably, recommending that they go to the critical dialogue as a first step is going to be a lot more challenging than um, perhaps the basic elements of religious literacy could be.
0: And I suppose you can hope that if students engage with religion or some form of religious literacy in anthropology or journalism or whatever, that it will lead them towards a religious studies department, that it is the first step in in realising the importance and maybe even a passion for the topic. But without that potential exposure, I mean, religious studies departments tend to, in Australia, be small. They're definitely not in every university. You might just have one unit dotted somewhere randomly amongst another department. And so without that exposure, we're going to lose religious literacy altogether because we're just not going to have the students coming through our departments. So it is, you know, it's not a replacement, but it's at least it's something that may get people coming in the right direction.
1: I can't wait to uh, to continue talking about this <laughs> with all of you more, but um, lest our um, dear listeners uh, be treated to a second podcast today.
2: Well, talking of, um, be talking of being treated <laughs> to second podcasts if you're a Patreon subscriber. Right. Uh, There'll be a new episode of Are You My Data up uh, this Wednesday, which I recorded with Naomi Goldenberg um, when I was in Hanover in Germany recently. Um, That's uh, a lot of fun. If you haven't heard Naomi talking off the cuff before, uh, you're in for a treat. Um, And there'll be another episode of Discourse uh, three weeks after that, um, which Chris will be hosting. And I imagine that the AAR uh, Literacy Report will be coming up um, in more depth in at least one of those episodes coming up over the rest of the year.
1: Absolutely. And we also have uh, coming up uh, the following week, uh, another interview from Sydney Castillo on um, the secularization of discourse in the contemporary Latin American neoconservatism with uh, Jerry Espinoza rivera And I'm really excited to hear about this because there are so many interesting things happening in Latin America right now, and I can't wait to hear more about it. But until then, we all say thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: The Religious Studies Project is sponsored by the British Association for the Study of Religions, the North American Association for the Study of Religion, and the International Association for the History of Religions. The Religious Studies Project is produced by the Religious Studies Project Association, SCIO, a Scottish charitable incorporated organisation charity number, SC047750. Brought to you by editors Brianne Fallon and David McConaughey, and founding editors Chris Cotter, that's me, and David Robertson, that's him. Our features are edited by Rebecca Barrett-Fox with marketing managed by Benjamin Marcus. Our Opportunities Digest managed by Ella Buck. podcast transcription by Helen Bradstock and social media managed by Red Radford. Don't forget, you can support the project by using our amazon.com.co.uk .co.uk and .ca links or donating at patreon.com backslash projectrs and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes and other portals.